Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Should we linger for a moment? Hey, City of Life, how are we doing tonight? Come on, Revival Night, week four. And here you are. Holy Spirit is here. I love this about revival. And, and Pastor Jeffries just already said this, but the revival's not in the room. It's in you. Because last time I checked my Bible, it says, greater is he that is in you than anything in this world, anything that you're facing. We hear all the reports about what's going wrong in this world, but how many know God has a plan? It's the church, his Holy Spirit building your life, building your marriage setting up your future for something amazing and uh i want to get out of the way let the holy spirit work and let him speak and let him move i've got something in my heart to share but more than anything i just want to have a space and time for god's spirit like only he can to custom make the message for your heart what you need to hear a word in season for your life and for your future something great's going to happen in an atmosphere like this do you believe that can we take a moment We've praised and we prayed a little bit and we gave in an offering, but let's just take a moment to truly invite God to do a work, something that's lasting, something that's not just a, a moment to feel good. I love church. If you show up at church, you're going to feel better because it's the good news about what Jesus has already done, but we need a lasting move and work in our hearts. I don't know about you, but I came here not just to give. I came here to get something. I came here for God to speak to me, God to work through me, God to do something in me. So let's invite him. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you for the beautiful gift of the cross. That's why we're here. Apart from you, man, we have no hope. But now we have a lasting hope. But some of the things that we're facing in our life, some of the issues in this room, some of the problems and burdens that we carried into this place, we don't know what to do with them, but we know where to go with them. We're coming to your well-capable shoulders, Jesus, and we're going to put them on your back. We're going to trust you in this moment. And we're going to invite your presence, that precious gift of the Holy Spirit, that doesn't look at our pedigree or where we came from, but is looking to our future in Christ. And we thank you, God. Do a work in us. Do a work through us. Change us. Heal us. Restore us. Build us. We need you tonight. So we're inviting you, like only you can do, change us, grow us, correct us, build us, heal us, speak to us. Here we are. We're your kids, God, and we're leaning into our Heavenly Father who is good and perfect and only gives good things. So we've come with an expectancy and an excitement and a passion for your name. If you never did anything else for us, you've already done enough. But we know your character. You're just getting started. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Man, I'm in a faith-filled church tonight. Come on, grab your seat. Oh, what an honor it is to be here with you. What an amazing church. I love your pastors. They are amazing. I'm sitting there and the worship is incredible. Give it up for the worship team. What a phenomenal. But I'm sitting there listening to the worship. I'm like, man, this guy's a really good singer. And then I turn my ear a little bit more. I was like, no, that's Pastor Jeffrey who's singing right next to me. Like, what a gifted and amazing couple. And what a beautiful church. And hey, Dr. Gary and Dr. Janice, come on. What a legacy right here on the front row. It's beautiful, and the kids are awesome. 
You know, I mean, in the business world, generational, like, jobs and, and companies don't always go all that well. And in the church world, it's usually even worse. But, man, what we see here, what we're a part of, let's not take it for granted. We're going from strength to strength and glory to glory. And this is beautiful. Thank you so much for laying down your life for the gospel and for planting your lives right here. And the fruit of your labor and investment is it's evident now. But how amazing is it going to be in eternity? So thank you, and thank you, Jeffrey and Amy, for having us. Give it up for your pastors. and They're awesome. They're amazing. Well, we are now Hillsong Church. We've been Hillsong Church for about six months, and we became Hillsong Family, and then Hillsong Church. It was a corporate takeover, and uh, people ask, what's the difference? What's the difference now that you've become a Hillsong Church? And the only real difference is we walk around the offense uh, speaking in you know fake Australian accent all the time. It's like, good on you, mate. Well done. Boomerang, you know. But it's been, it's been a real privilege and honor to be under the leadership of Pastors Brian and Bobby and uh, still get to team up with the amazing churches. So we are family, whether you like it or not. I am the redheaded stepchild you did not want. And, but I feel like I'm in rare company. We got some ginger leadership in the house. That's pretty rare. And so I know there's an anointing here. And, you know, the truth is about revival is revival starts in me. It's got to start in me. Now, you can come into a room, and we've already talked about this, like the atmosphere is amazing. And God does something. It's like you can get great preaching and teaching and worship on your phone, but something happens in the room when you experience it that only happens in the collective of praise and when people are bringing their issues to God together and humility, asking him to work and him to do something. But the truth is, revival starts in you, but it can't stay just in you. How many know we need a revival to break out in this area, in this nation, and in the world? And that's the plan of heaven. God didn't just save you so that you one day could go to eternity. If that was the plan, as soon as you got saved, you would like beam me up, Scotty. It would be over. But he's left you here on purpose because you are now the carrier of the living hope. The good news about what Jesus has already done, it cannot just stay in you. And I don't know what issues you're facing that might have caused the flame on the inside to dampen down a little bit, but I'm praying for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit to reignite the fire, not just for what God could do for you, but ultimately, you want to grow up into varsity faith? It's what Holy Spirit can you do through me? What do you want to do through me? And we're living and, and building here a church that isn't focused just on itself. I mean, we're, we're talking about revival. We can contend for revival. I honestly feel like we're, we're walking in revival. When you tell me 3,500 people gave their life to Jesus because of blink, are you kidding me? Come on, let's give God some praise and some glory for that. That's, that's uncommon. That, that's rare. And that's because you took your ordinary everyday life and you set it up for God use it. You know, anytime you take something ordinary and give it to God for God's purposes, it becomes holy. And God can do special things through holy places. And I, I, that's really what I want to speak about today is how does God take your, your ordinary? And how does he work something beautiful and miraculous through your, your everyday? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 23 says, The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. In other words, we're not on the outside. We've got to be on the inside. The world is peripheral to the church. We're not outside looking in, like judging the world. No, we're inside culture, inside the world, reaching out. And, and it says that 
the church is Christ's body. Think about that. Just as Jesus walked the earth with power, with signs and wonders, with declarations about the kingdom of heaven, with showing people the way, with taking care of the poor and the hurting, now that's us. It says we're Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, in which he fills everything with his presence. So if we're not present in culture, there's no presence. If we just come to church on Sunday and don't forsake the gathering of the saints, something beautiful happens in the room. But where we make the greatest difference is when we're, we're bringing the presence everywhere that we go. Because if, the, here, here's a revelation for you, no one else is coming. Like God has a plan, it's the church. You've been saved by Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and you're here now. Christ Calvary isn't coming charging down the hill, it's the church. And I would not have picked me. I would not be in the draft pick of the kingdom of God. But, but for some reason, God chooses to use the foolish things of this world. People like you and me, everyday people, to do extraordinary. Listen, eternal things happen through the way that we, the way that we live. We're not on the outside of the world. We're, we're right in the heart of culture. Romans 12, 2, you know this verse. You've been in church at all. It says, don't be shaped or conformed to the world. But instead, be transformed. Why? Why? Within. It says to be changed on the inside by getting a new way of thinking. I think we keep waiting for the world to change, to become like us. But Paul writes to the church in Rome and says, no, no, no. I need you to change your perspective. I need to change you the way that you think. And then when we change the way that we think about the world and about our part to play in everyday ministry in the world around us, not only do we not conform, but we transform. We bring radical God change to the world that's all around us. I don't know about you. I grew up like in the Bible Belt. I mean, Tulsa, Tulsa, Jerusalem, Oklahoma. And my wife is from there as well. My parents were ministers. My grandfather was a, a pastor as well. And, and so I grew up like super, super Christian. Like we didn't do Dr. Seuss growing up. We did King James. I ain't talking about LeBron. You know what I mean? Like... I knew the Bible inside and out growing up. I was in Bible memory. Like, and that's why if I get going here in a moment, you're going to get some thus saith the Lord's that are going to come out because that's my heritage. But I was a Bible because I think so often we worried about conforming to the world instead of transforming the world. Like we were scared that we were going to listen to secular music. And so I lived in like a Bible bubble. I was a Bible bubble boy. And... Sometimes it's easier to live in the bubble because you can build your own world of your own creation, but we can never change the world from inside the bubble. I mean, a great example is tomorrow. Like if you told my parents, if I asked my parents to go house to house with my friends, having fun, asking other people for candy, they would have spanked me and told me I was worshiping the devil, okay? Now, I'm grateful that they protected me from a lot of things, but I mean, mom and dad, it's just a miniature Snickers bar, right? Like... It's not that big of a deal. Because we didn't do Halloween. We did Harvest Festival. How many know? Come on. The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. The candy wasn't as good. And the rides were normally lame. And that's what we did. And my mom was amazing. My mom was amazing at taking a normal costume and making it, like, deeply spiritual. Like, I had one year, I had, like, tan sweats on, tan sweatshirt, which is kind of a good fit nowadays. And, like, I had a brown beanie with brown yarn. That was my mane. I was no normal, ordinary lion. 
My mom says, you already knew it, I'm the Lion of Judah. <laughs> Hello. My sister had like a giant purple sweatshirt on with big purple balloons. She looked like a scary grimace from McDonald's. And she was no ordinary grapes. She was no ordinary fruit. She was the fruit of the Spirit. How many know you could be too saved? We were too saved. We were way, way too saved. But we cannot hide out from culture. Because if we're absent, Christ is absent. We carry the Spirit of the living God. And it's not based upon your performance. How many know we still got issues? It's okay to have issues. It's not okay to stay the same way year after year. And it's definitely not okay for you to make excuses of why you do not engage with the people around you. Because Jesus says you've got to be a salt with some flavor. And else you're just not good for anything. You get thrown out, trampled underground. And we wonder why the church over the years, and I know not this church, but the church at large has been like walked over by people, walked by by hurting people. It's because we've lost that flavor. We've lost that essence of the Holy Spirit. Because how many know that sinners couldn't stay away from Jesus? There was something so intoxicating and engaging about him because he spoke with authority. And Jesus said, my words aren't even my own. Everything I say, I hear from God. How many know you got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living on the inside of you? And so your words can be so filled with salt and light that either other people, they might know where you came from, but they want to know what's different about you. We're right in the middle of it. No one else is coming. And so we've got to carry around this, this expectation that God could do anything in a moment through me. Revival is a daily decision. And your daily work carries, listen, your daily work carries a divine purpose. Tomorrow, you're going to get up and go to work. And you're going to kind of know what most of your day has in store. You have a routine. You take breaks at a certain time. You drop kids off at a certain time. You, you, you get dinner ready at a certain time. You, you, you enjoy a little moments. But the truth is, there is ministry opportunity all around you. In fact, that's where the real work happens. When we gather in the house, it's to get vision and direction. It's to get empowerment. It's to get encouragement, sometimes even some correction to help iron us out. And, and yet this is where we are equipped by the leadership of the church because it's out there that we do the actual work of ministry. And that's, that's what God wants to do. You know, every day I kind of have the same things on me. They call it everyday carry. You know that? EDC, everyday carry. I have a real thin wallet. I have, a, 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 I have an Apple iPhone. I'm trying to get that new one, okay? Anyone out there? Anyone out there living the droid life? God bless you. We forgive you. And I don't want to text you because it doesn't show up in the right color, and that throws me off. And I have keys. I got, a, I got keys. I got the key to my car, and I got a house key, and then I have a key, another key on there. I have no idea what that key is to. But I am resourceful. I use it to open boxes with. Anyone else have that key that's on there? It's just there for it. And that's about all I can, let's be honest, that's about all I can carry because my pants are really too tight. And it's just the reality of life. And, but women, on the other hand, you've got a whole nother world. It's like Aladdin, a whole new world. You can solve most world problems with what women carry in their purses. And I... Like, you can feed the hungry, you can build a bridge, you can launch something into orbit. It's, they have everything. But that's what, that's what you carry every day. And I want to speak today about carrying 
carrying a, an expectation. And every day, if you're taking notes, write this down, an everyday expectation. Yes, most days seem to be the same. But if we can wake up every day with the spirit that says, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to go ahead and choose to be glad. I'm going to rejoice in it. And I'm going to get my eyes off of myself and see what could God do through me? How can I carry revival in this day? And if we have an everyday expectation that God is with us, God is for us, and that God is working through us, we will see miracles. We will see breakthrough. We will see salvation in our family, in our neighborhood, at our school, at our workplace. And you might not see it every day. And that's why we get discouraged. The Bible says, hey, d d don't get discouraged in your well-doing. There, there is a harvest there is a breakthrough. There is a revival for those that do not give, that don't give up. And so every day I got an expectation. We're going to look at a story in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 3, about having just an everyday expectation of what God could do. Most days are mundane. Most days are kind of monotonous. But when you're allowing the Holy Spirit to bring revival through you, you'll find that there will be some days that will be miraculous. There will be some days that you didn't know were on your calendar and agenda, but the agenda of heaven has set you in that time and space and place to bring heaven to earth, to bring revival to somebody who you're going to walk and connect with. You know, we all have our routine. I got my everyday routine. We're up around 6.15. I'm up, but I'm not awake. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not a morning person. I am a night person. Any morning people out there? You're getting tired right now. I'm just now getting awake. I'm just now getting alive. I'm going to go all night. And I wake up, and I, I, I don't wake up until I get that liquid anointing. You know, I'm not talking about the blood of Jesus, y'all. I'm talking about coffee. <laughs> Jehovah Java, my provider. His grace is sufficient. And we have to get out the door. We drive our kids to school. I've got to get the door about 720. And lately we've been playing this game in, this, in the car, and it's these existential hypothetical questions. You know it as, would you rather? And, and I'm as immature as my five-year-old. And so all, in fact, I think we have a picture. My beautiful wife is here. My kids are here. I think we have a picture of my family. Uh, they might show up. They might not. They've left me. Um, <laughs> pray for me. Um, but my, my family's here. And I've got an eight-year-old, a five-year-old. And we have another one on the way. <laughs> That's the easiest applause you're going to get all night right there. And, uh, but we play this game, Would You Rather. You know what the game is. The other day I asked them, hey, would you rather have... Um, uh, one eye or three ears? And my daughter says, one eye, Dad, because I can put a patch on and be a pirate. I'm like, Blair, Blair, daughter of Liz. Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. That is the right answer. And my son, he just makes him up in the moment. He's five years old. He says, Dad, would you, would you rather, just, just, he's just spitballing, would you rather be a shark that turns into a dog or a dog that turns into a fox? I'm like, who is this kid? Like, what are they teaching you at this school I'm taking you? I am homeschooling you from now on. But I've got one for you. Would you rather have a nice Christian life or a courageous kingdom life? It's an everyday decision. Would you rather be comfortable or would you rather live a life that's meaningful? Because if we want to choose meaningful, which I know deep down every one of us want to, like, we, we, we have the Holy Spirit always beckoning us into unknown places and engagement with people. But if you want to live a meaningful life, it's going to require some boldness. It's going to require some humility. 
It's going to have you to break free of what the Bible calls a snare, which is the fear of man. And yet if we could get past ourselves and maybe just so full of the Holy Spirit that it becomes the overflow of our life, you will find your life will be amazing. It will be meaningful, but it will be far from comfortable. And if we're going to be carriers of revival, we have to make an everyday decision. Every day I'm going to have an expectancy. Every day I'm going to have a desire that God's going to do something. And maybe some days I'm just planting a word of encouragement. Some days I'm just watering and encouraging someone. But I'm beginning to tell you, if you will plant and water over time, God will bring an increase. God will bring salvation to your workplace. God will bring breakthrough into your family. God has got something good in store for you. We need to have an everyday expectation for divine moments. Because every day, guess what you carry? You carry the power of God. The one who created heaven and earth lives on the inside of you by his power, in, by his Holy Spirit. In any moment, he can absolutely bring resurrection power to places that have long been dead, to people that have long been spiritually dormant, to lives that have been broken. There are miracles in your future if you have an expectation. Acts chapter 3, it says one day. I love it. It just starts out one day. Of course, we know this, Acts chapter 2, Pastor Jeffrey just talked about it. That's the filling of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Revival breaks out in the streets of Jerusalem. They baptize 3,000 men in that moment. It's amazing. And so the Holy Spirit happens in chapter 2, but here's chapter 3. So now we know these disciples, these apostles are filled with the Holy Spirit, but this is just their one day. Like, we don't know the timeline exactly, but this is just one day. This is kind of their daily routine. Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man was there who was lame from birth, and he's being carried to the temple of the gate, beautiful. And he was put there, guess what? Every day the same. He was carried every day to that place to beg from those going into the temple courts. This was his life. This was his future. This is all that he ever knew, except today something's going to change. Because what he didn't expect was that two people filled with the revival spirit of God, just like you are, are about to rock up to prayer at three in the afternoon. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And Peter said, look up at us. I love the Passion Translation right there. It says they were captured by the sight of a man crippled from birth. We can't be so busy trying to build our lives and build our families that our eyes are not open to the hurting and humanity that are all around us. You do not have to go very far to see people that are worse off than even this guy was. Believer, let's make sure that we're not just looking to what we need God to do for us. In fact, the greatest way to get God to do some things for you is say, God, what do you want to do through me? And just get your eyes off yourself onto God and onto others. And you'll begin to see opportunities to pray, to encourage to invite, to lead to salvation, people that are all around you. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You're going to walk. If that doesn't build your faith, I don't know what does. You know, not every day in the New Testament is a miracle day. But we see miracles all over the New Testament because people carried an everyday expectation. And sure enough, he helped him up, taking him by the right, right hand. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. How many know this guy's walking maybe for the very first time? This, he's not just walking normal. He's like, ah, like, 
He is all in on this walk. In fact, it says he went into the temple courts walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, guess what? The ripple effects of revival begin to happen. They recognize, ain't that the same guy who's been sitting there every day begging at the gate called Beautiful? And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. A simple, I don't have what you think you need, but I have what you really need. And a simple, in the name of Jesus, let me grab you by the hand, started a revival of wonder and amazement. And I wonder what would happen if we, everyone here, would carry that same spirit, that everyday expectation, that God, when I see a need, I might not have what they think they need, but I have everything that they truly need because the spirit of the living God is resting on the inside of me and I am so filled with the spirit, I gotta let it out. I can't keep it to myself anymore. I've gotta, I've gotta bring it to the world that's around me. This lame man wanted just enough to get by for another day. But I love that it says this. There's just a little theme here. It says they, were, he was, he was, they went up to the place to pray. He was looking up. They helped them up. How many know that the gospel is a message of elevation? Some of you came in here real low in life. You need a new revelation of the gospel. It meets you where you're at. It does not leave you where you're at. Your life is about ready to go in an upward trajectory because God is that good and it's already been done. He wants to lift you up to new places. Why don't you write this down? Everyday expectation. Expectancy. Every day I will raise my expectation. It's a choice you have to make. No one else can make it for you. You have to decide every day I'm not going to just see things as though they are. I'm going to, by faith, believe they're going to be as God says they can be. I'm just going to choose to not be a glasses half full person, but to live my life as a spirit overflow person. I'm not going to call it as I see it. I'm going to have it as God says I'm going to have it. I'm going to believe it the way that God says it could be. And I'm going to be everything that God's called me. That is a decision you make. Well, I'm just a person who just keeps it real. I, I, I just call it as I see it. No, you're negative. And you need a fresh understanding of what Jesus has already accomplished for you and what the spirit living on the inside of you means for your everyday life. You've got to have a, a, a decision every day to raise your expectation. Faith is that substance of what we're hoping for. It just starts with hope. When hope begins to rise, I think faith gets to be, starts getting on the move. Just begin to raise, live your day filled with hope. Life isn't that bad. You might not like the climate of our nation. You might not like your work. You might not like some of the decisions you've made. The beauty about our world that we now live in as kingdom people is that even though you might not like what's going on in our nation, we actually evolved in a kingdom of God that's eternal. You might not like your workplace, but you don't do your work for people. You do your work under the Lord. You might not like where you're at right now. Guess what? It's about ready to change. Because God is faithful to his promises and they are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Things will begin to change when you change your expectancy. I'm going to raise my expectation. Jesus comes and says, hey, to, to the layman, ha have what your faith expects. In other words, if you expect a little, you get a little. If you expect a lot, I think you're going to be blown away. He'll do so much more. I think about the great explorers that... They went to places that no one has ever been before. Uh, Columbus, uh, uh, Magellan, these people that went to places no one else had gone. 
cook. He, went, he just went out looking for islands. But they just had a sense that there was something great out there, and they just wanted to go see it. And then every day, they would, the captain would get up in what they call like that crow's nest, and he'd look out the, 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 the telescope and say, like, is there anything out there? And most days, they wouldn't see anything. Most days, we're not going to see everything we're looking for. But the more you get up, and the more you get a vision farther down the road, then not everything that you believe for God is going to happen in the here and now. You will see more land, more things on the horizon, more often than not. But if you're living down low, you can't see forward. You've got to choose to raise your expectation. And I think that Peter and John are like the perfect people to learn from. I know it could be any of the apostles, but those are the two. And I think it's on purpose. I like because Peter, Peter's kind of like that raw. He's that crazy friend you got. Like, he's just spouting off at the mouth all the time. He's quick to fight. How many of the Pharisees, like, they stoned Stephen. They were not stoning Peter because they knew homie cut someone's ear off once. Like, they are not, he is not playing. But he's just got childlike faith. I mean, I think if anything, he's kind of seems to be simple. And he was the one walking out on water just to be close to Jesus. Everyone else is stuck in the boat. I know he sunk, but at least he did something and got out there. And I love that about him. He, he to me, represents just, just basic, simple faith. And I love John, that John's there as well. Because John, in his gospel, he has a nickname. And it's a nickname he gave himself. How many of you are not allowed to give yourself a nickname? But he did, because he's like, this is my gospel. I'm going to write it how I see it. And he wrote, uh, he wrote his, that he's the disciple that Jesus loved. He says, I find my identity not in what I've accomplished for God, but I find who I am. My nickname is God loves me. Jesus loves me. And this is why I think this is so powerful. He had a personal revelation of how much Jesus loved him personally. I love this because when faith and love team up, miracles happen. When faith and, and love team up. And this is why we can just simplify our faith. God is good. You've been saved. He wants to save the world through you. And we can believe and ask of him anything according to his will, and it's as good as done. Now, we don't always know the timing. His ways are higher than our ways. God, God is not slow, as some of us understand time. But we know he is good, and he wants to do good. How many think we just need to simplify our faith a little bit more? Not overcomplicate it as much. And just begin to trust God. And how many know we can just simply come back to, we know God is good and he's going to do good. Why? He loves me. I, I'm, I'm, the one that he, I'm the one that he loves. A couple weeks ago, we had a power outage in our home. And um, I don't know how any of those things work. I'm absolutely helpless. Like, apart from YouTube, like, it's my Holy Spirit video program teaching me how to do things. I don't know how to do anything, but I know where the breaker box is. But I go up to it, and I know it. There's numbers, there's signals, and I'm like, what is this? Breaker, breaker, one, nine. I don't know what this is. <laughs> and so I just begin to flip switches. And over time, I got the right combination, and all of a sudden, voila, there's light. I figured it out. I was actually pretty proud of myself. Liz has really low standards when it comes to home repair at our house. But do you know that the switch that you need to flip for God's power to begin to flow in your life is faith and love. If I can get faith and love in the right direction, the power of God is going to start to come through my life. It is the conduit of miracles. It's the conduit of revival. 
It's the conduit of breakthrough for you. It's just to go back to the basics of how good God is and what he can and will do in your life because he loves you. So to raise my daily faith expectation, I need to raise my love level. I need to go deeper. Like Paul says, I dare you to try to figure how deep and how wide, how vast his love is for you. And this is why love is so catalytic for revival and for miracles. Because if he did that for me, and I'm talking about the cross, if God traded Jesus straight up for me, he must really value me. He must, he must really love me. And if he went to that level to take care of me, surely he can take care of these little issues. And they might be big in comparison to what you've walked through before. But to your God, they are minuscule. They are so small. And yet sometimes he doesn't do it immediately. Why? He's trying to grow our faith. He's trying to build us up. And I am not promising you a miracle every morning or every situation of your life. I'm just saying God does miracles and wants to do more of them because he loves you. And if I can keep it as simple as that, I can have a high expectation every day that God's going to do something wonderful in me and wonderful through me because of how much he loves me. Everywhere you go, guess what? There goes God's power. There goes God's power. And God cares so much about people. This is why we can't. I love this church. I can already tell it's not a place where you just learn about the Bible. This is where we're continuing the, the story of the Bible. Because anytime we have Jesus' teaching without God's power, without the Holy Spirit power, we're walking in religion. We're understanding more, but we're doing less. And I'm telling you, new believer, you're in the perfect place. Because I know you were taught something that has depth and weight. And you can grow your life in this place. You can build your foundation in this place. But they're going to teach you just a few things that you can do immediately. You don't have to earn a merit badge uh, to, to get involved with what God's going to do in this house. But you can start changing the world tonight, tomorrow morning, when you raise your expectation. You know, they're on their way to pray in the temple court. And... This man was left outside the gate because as broken in his body, he was not good enough to come into the house. Thank God for a church like this one where you don't have to be all figured out and fixed up or you don't have to even fake it to come walking through the doors. We will carry you in this place and we'll carry you to your future as well. And they're at a gate called Beautiful and it was called that because that's exactly what it is. It was beautiful. It was ornate. It was gold. It was, be it was bejeweled and bedazzled. It was amazing. But, you know, the crown of God's creation wasn't in the architecture and the design. It was sitting right there broken on the ground. Because God said, hey, I made man in my own likeness and image. And that is the best thing going on the earth as people. That's what he cares about the most. And guess what? This is why you've got to have an expectation that's bigger than just you. It's about what God can do through you because people are the promised land. People are what God is looking for and desiring. Tell you this, if my kids were missing and someone wasn't helping... I would be frustrated with that person. But if someone was trying to keep them away from me, I would be furious at that person. Let's never be the kind of people that push others away from God. Let's let our love and our faith and our gospel be so simple and plain. That the Bible says, whosoever to the Lord may come, let's welcome in everybody as broken, as damaged, as addicted as they might be. There's a place for them here at City of Life. There's a place for them here sitting next to you. And Peter says, hey, look at us. And they expected to receive something. He thought he was going to get another handout just to make it through another day. But he's about ready to get a hand up and do a brand new life. Good for him. 
What a good day for him that the apostles were carrying an everyday expectation. That God's going to do something today. That they were filled with the Holy Spirit and power. What a great day that they left their wallet in their other robe. <laughs> because they didn't have a handout for him, but the hand of heaven was about ready to move. You might not be able to meet every need of the people around you, but you have the greatest need meter on the inside of you. And let's not try to figure out everyone's issues and problems before we just share the simple truth, the name of Jesus. That there is hope for the hopeless, there is healing for the broken, and there are breakthroughs for everyone who would call on that name. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, what I do have I give to you. God's never asking you to give something you don't have. But I'm telling you, he is expecting you as a believer to share the good news about what he's done for you, what he's done in you, who he is to you. And our excuse is, yeah, Pastor Kyle, that's the apostles. I'm just me. Those are like the people that were always with Jesus. And you don't know my little life that I live. And you don't know my backstory. You don't know my history. Same story, next chapter, Acts 4, verse 13. The members, that the Pharisees started to get frustrated because they were bringing in outsiders, bringing in broken people. They weren't getting all the attention. And the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness, the courage of Peter and John. And this is the part I want you to get, for they could see that they were ordinary. Ordinary, the word there is idiotase. It's literally the same word as idiot. How many know I can be used by God? Like, <laughs> they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Their everyday carry was not an education, but an expectation. It was boldness. Friend, you might have a GED, but you're exactly the kind of person that G-O-D wants to use. You might not come from much, but you're called too much. You might have messed up on Saturday. Guess what? God's in the house on Sunday. There's a brand new start for you. Quit disqualifying yourself. When God says, who I call, I qualify. He can use you. You don't have special training in the scriptures. You might be better off sometimes just getting started in your faith. Just using the simple things that you know. You don't have to get much farther than John 3.16 to change the lives of the people that are right around you. And everyday expectation is God's power. Write this down. Works through me when it's not about me. When I get out of the way, God can do great things through me. The power is for the plan of God. And the power of God is on the inside of you. But the power of God on the inside of you is for the people that are around you. You show me a person who's a super Christian and they might have a gift of prophecy they might have some amazing gifts of the Spirit, and all of them are incredible. And all of the Paul says they all should be desired, especially prophecy, as it pertains to building the church or building up other people. And in the same way, we should desire these things that God has for every one of us. But the truth is, there are no super Christians out there. Yes, there's people that have walked in legacy of the faith that we should admire and imitate their lives as they have imitated Christ. But the truth is, God can use all of us as soon as we get out of the way. And if you, friend, want God to do a miracle for you, just start asking him to do miracles through you. You'll be surprised that you might even forget about the thing that you wanted him to do because you're having so much fun because you're walking in your destiny and your purpose when you're impacting the lives of the people around you. The power of God is on the inside of you, and the power was not flowing out of the doors of the temple, but it was walking up the stairs. And everywhere you go, you're a carrier of Jesus Christ. You guys get anything out of this? Tell me this, was it God's hand or Peter's hand that lifted him up? The answer is yes. It's both. I tricked some of y'all right there. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, 
It's both. Is it the David's sling or is it God's guidance that takes down the giant? Yes, it's both. Because if we don't do our part, he doesn't do his part. Why God works in partnership, I don't ever understand fully. But I tell you, it's the most humbling thing and the most exciting thing is that I get to be involved in something that's eternal. But if I don't do something in the here and now, I'll never see the hand and power of God move because it took a hand of an ordinary person filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the heroes in the Bible were just people. Elijah was a man just like you and I. Like if he did it for them, he could do it through us. He could do it for us. It's both. It's God working in God working in partnership. That's why we have to have an attitude of expectancy and excitement. Expectancy means to wait for something in suspense. And you might be frustrated because your family's not saved, but you need to change and get an attitude of expectancy. Like, man, it didn't happen last week, but maybe it's going to happen today. I tell you, tomorrow we're taking our kids to Disney. And uh, I might take up a second offering just to pay for that later, but <laughs> I do not know how y'all live here and can afford and, but but they're, they're, they probably won't sleep tonight. And I guarantee you tomorrow, it will not be like waking them up on Monday for school. They're going to be up and at them, dapper and excited. They're going to be like reading the Bible and what my son doesn't even know how to read. Like, why? Because they have an expectancy that something good is happening. And can we live our life with an expectancy, man? Something good is going to happen in my life. I'm in suspense. I'm on pins and needles believing that just God might break out at any given moment. Today could be the day. It might be tomorrow. But it might be tomorrow. It might happen before I know it. It might happen right before my eyes to him who is able. Ephesians 3.20, to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I could ever ask, all I could ever hope, all I could ever imagine. Oh my gosh, God's got such great things in store for us. We're not even getting the tip of the iceberg of all that he wants to do through us. And yet sometimes we come to church just expecting the same old, same old. We know there's going to be four songs. There's going to be an offering message. Say hi to your neighbor. Pastor Jeff will say something funny. He might sing a little bit, and I'm going to be jealous because he's got a great voice. He's going to preach a great word, and then 20, 30, 40 plus people are going to say yes to Jesus. Do you not realize that's the greatest miracle of all. To see 3,500 people say yes to Jesus, that every week in lives are getting changed, that every week in people are getting out of generational poverty and addiction and walking in freedom in Christ. This is like the greatest thing. And it's crazy to me that two people on the same row with the same situation and scenario in their life can hear the same word. And one of them hears from heaven and goes out and does something about what God spoke to their spirit man. And they have radical change in their life. And the other person doesn't get anything. Because instead of leaning in, they were leaning back. And I'm not talking about the posture of your body. I'm talking about the openness of your heart. Let's begin to have a spirit of expectancy that this one word from God could radically change my life. Because when we lean in, guess what? Faith rises up. When I live my life leaning in, I got that spirit of expectancy and I'm lingering in the moment. Thank God for this man left at the gate that the apostles leaned in for a moment. They could have blown right by because they got nations to reach. They got gospel to get out. They got to go to Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. They got a lot to do. But they lingered in that moment. Because they didn't allow the, the, the big mission that Jesus had for them to stop them from loving the people that were right around them.
Peter looked straight at him, verse 4. Let's make sure we're looking right at him. And then said, hey, look at us. I love that they say, look at us. We live in a world that's all about look at us. Look at me, like me, follow me. I'm an influencer. Look at me. But he said, look at us. Why? Because I got something for you. I don't need your attention, but you need what's on the inside of me. And the man expected to get something from them. And man, with his expectations far exceeded that day. You know, my kids, and I'm almost done. Bring the band up just a moment. My kids, when they, I'm not handy. I've already stated that. Uh, but when they have a broken toy, I can normally fix it because it's called batteries. <laughs> and although for whatever reason, they make the world's smallest screws that they put into that thing. And I'm like playing that game operation just to get those things out. I can normally fix the problem. And when they ask me, of course I'm going to do it. Why? It's just not that hard. I can fix it. You've got some issues you need God to fix. You've got some people that are in your world you're wanting God to reach. And when you bring it to your heavenly father, who's a whole lot better than I am, the Bible says he's a perfect father. And batteries, anything, nothing is too difficult for him. Why would he fix it for them? Because he loves them. You need healing in your body? You need to have an expectancy. Why wouldn't God do it? He loves you. And start to live your life from a posture of expectation and excitement. Why wouldn't God reach your family or change your workplace or impact your school? Why wouldn't God save your husband? Why wouldn't God break you out of debt? Why? He'll show you the steps you need to take, but it is not too difficult for your God. Of course he's going to do it. There is no issue too difficult for your God. And you ultimately, at the end of the day, you have a powerful breakthrough password from heaven for your life. It's the name of Jesus. Power has a password, and it's the name of Jesus. I think it's pretty amazing that Peter and John, they didn't pray for this guy. They grabbed him and just declared, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, why don't you go ahead and get on up. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. We've been given access to that power. Philippians 2 says it's the name that's above all name. And at that name, everything has to bow. It's the name given to us. The Bible says that the name of the Lord, if you don't know where to go in your future, it is a strong tower that the righteous and you're righteous in Christ can run to and be saved. I don't know what's chasing you down right now, what addiction is trying to bring back into your life and creep back into your world. But I'm telling you, there is the name of Jesus that you can go to. In just a few minutes, we're going to lift up that name of Jesus. And we're going to expect his power to come. Because everything you have faced, everything you are facing, and everything you ever will face has to bow at the name of Jesus. Well, God hasn't showed up for me yet. Expect it tonight. Expect it tomorrow. Expect it on Friday. Expect it on Saturday. Believe for it on Sunday. Have an expectancy every day of your life. And it will not be long before God changes your situation. David said in Psalms 121, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. I'm getting my perspective up. I'm looking up. Where, where, from whence comes my help? Where does my help come from? Oh, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. If he made heaven and earth, surely he can remake your life. Surely he can remake your marriage. Surely he can resurrect your career. Surely he can change the situation going on in your physical body. If he did all this and he ain't done yet, surely he can do something that you need. What are you looking for for your help? Is your perspective up?
the gospel is a message of elevation. Let's get our eyes up. And we don't look up to any random, we can look up to a hill as well. We can look up to the hill of Calvary. If he did that for us, that's where my help comes from. By his body that was broken, I am healed. By the blood that was poured out, I've been set free. I've been saved. I've been redeemed. I have been absolutely resurrected on the inside. Maybe my outside world hasn't changed much, but there's something going on in here because of what he did for me. I'm going to lift up my eyes. I want to pray tonight. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.